0: And introducing the Little Giants podcast. Brought to you by Highland Hub.
1: Hosted by Elric Gallison.
0: And Joey Riccotoni. And so we are off. Back what episode is this? Twenty-eight?
1: Twenty-eight, I think.
0: Twenty-eight. This one goes out to you, Jesse Lumsden and Adrian Peterson. That's
1: how winning is done. Jesse
0: Lumsden Good times. What a guy. He was like the first Canadian icon, I feel, of our generation.
1: I like, yeah, I remember because Jesse Lumpson was like at his peak when I first started watching football.
0: Yeah. I think. It was. Nigel, like, what's up, man? Hey, we got people coming in the chat. That's good. But I remember getting into. We were at a McMaster game. McMaster Marauders for all our American fans, Canadian college football, and uh, we got in the elevator to go wherever it was. And Jesse Lums had walked in. We're like, oh my god! It was just like the craziest and, and you,
1: thing. And you don't realize he's just like a mountain of a man.
0: Yeah, well, I playing mean... Playing
1: running back, he was built like a defensive end. He was, uh, he was a monster. It
0: was crazy. And then I remember watching, like, once YouTube became very big later on, and someone uploaded his East-West Bowl highlights because he was in the East-West Shrine game yeah. with all those NCAA players. And the, the announcer, it was making me so mad. He's like, Jesse Lumpston comes from McMaster College in Canada. They don't even have two-a-days up there. It's like... <laughs> What What are you talking about? It was like, you it's like they don't all- even have footballs there. It was like, also, regardless of it being the most egregious claim towards the football it's <laughs> like McMaster is like a world renowned university. Yeah, you know, it's like McMaster College. It's like,
1: get him yeah. out, get him out. Yeah, uh, classic.
0: Regardless, this is episode 28. This is the NFL 2021 Divisional Round recap. I'm I'm a mope.
1: It's Joey been, is a broken man. I'm
0: a broken today. bird. It's been rough. I'm about as broken as Pat Mahomes' brain right now. And really poor taste to make that joke. He'll be fine. Um, but you know, we're Kinda, gonna we're gonna get yeah, into just, it all. We're let's just all. jump
1: into it. Let's just jump into it. Tell me how you're feeling. What's your takeaway from the game?
0: I take away from the game, I think, regardless, is like I didn't expect them to win, even though I made that prediction last week. You know, I, I thought they would, could be competitive, but if Pat Mahomes played that whole game, it would have been a lot tougher, strictly because of – the defensive side of the ball right we just didn't have the speed we don't have the dogs to cover I thought Denzel Ward and Garrett played well even though Garrett was like clearly injured and he hasn't been the same since he had COVID but uh Cam I don't know if it was a known nickname before but Adrian Claiborne when he had that big hit Cam was like a clay 47 and that actually really made me laugh and <laughs> uh, um so yeah I don't know if that's that was like a known nickname beforehand but so unrelated, you know, he has like
1: something where like, he, he doesn't, he can't feel his arm, one of his arms. Like he has like muscular stuff in one of his arms. If you look what? at it, it's like a little, it's like a little chicken wing. It's really, it's really weird, but yeah.
0: Huh. Okay. Unrelated. We're going to, we're going to do some research on that. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so honestly, I thought Richard
1: uh, cam, cam is already in the comments. Okay. We're,
0: we'll get to the comments. Let's let's do our piece <laughs> first and then we'll come back to the comments, but I thought the man we were pounding the table for all year, Rashard Higgins, play great. Obviously, that's like a really unfortunate scenario that happened at the goal line. With Sorensen, the forced fumble. Honestly, I thought that was an amazing play by Sorensen. You could say it should be helmet to helmet and all that, but it's that's like football, dude, man. You're, that's def- football. you're defending the goal line. It's like you got to do what you got to do. So it's like I'm objective for the most part, when it comes to, like, just playing the game, right? It's like, I hate all these, like, oh, you wrapped up the quarterback and took him to the ground. It's like, yeah, you got to pay the cost to be the boss. And it's like, if you're making the most money on the team, that Is that a Bruce Springsteen song? I, it could be. <laughs> I don't know. I'm on a roll right now, though. And it's like, so I thought, all things considered, Acre played really well and dialed, and there were some drops that hurt them, and Chubb had some uh, a tough startup. And again, they go down to their th- a third string offensive lineman, and that guy is like the the primo third string lineman. I don't even know his name after Kendall Lamb,
1: whatever his name is. Is but like honestly, is Jedrick Wills that much better than? that guy who came in that's a whole nother thing to get into he needs another
0: year working with bill Callahan and a true offseason and all this stuff i've always kind of felt like he's not like a dog like how batonio treader and miles and wyatt teller is, are so that's kind of a difficult thing that they're gonna have to work on but in terms of his footwork feet work footwork his feet work <laughs> in terms of like his technical ability. I think it's really polished and that's good. And there's just some other things that he needs to work on. So all in all, I thought it was a solid game and the Brown Bowl window is going to be about three years here and it's going to be really tough, but I think they have secured themselves as a top three team in the AFC.
1: I I think that's fair. And I think if they continue to improve and continue to kind of, add talent to that roster. And, you know, you're going to get a lot of guys back. Like I'm, I'm really Delpit. excited to see, I'm really excited to see Delpit next year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the, future is very bright for the Browns and like, there's not often where you, you finally have seen the results and now you're going into next year and it's like, Hey, like we were close mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, the, the closest you had gotten before this was like seven and nine. Right. Higher, baby, the destroyer. Yeah, so, so I'm I'm excited about the Browns. I think Baker played fantastic mm-hmm. against the Chiefs. So I was really impressed with him. Yeah. Me and you were texting about this. I think, um, I think they the play calling and the coaching staff got a little gun shy when yeah. when the game when the game was close when the game was within reach. Pat Mahomes goes down. I think they kind of outsmarted themselves a little bit. Maybe in terms a little... of that last possession where the Browns ended up having to punt with a, around like four minutes left, you could yeah. tell the, the play calling was let's try and eat as up, let's try and eat as much clock as possible mm-hmm. and then score. Right. But it's like this is the NFL playoffs, this is the defending Super Bowl championships. Score by any score by any means necessary.
0: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think Because here's the thing. It's like if people haven't seen it, it's like Chris Jones, the Chiefs defensive lineman. It's like he made the play of the year. Like that won them the game because – and that's like Wyatt Teller had an amazing season all season. He's like one of the best guards in the NFL. But he lost that one-on-one rep. That basically lost them the game, and that's not to put it on him. But it's like he had – he had his receiver coming into – I don't know if they were playing like a cover three or something, but the middle of the field was open, and the number two receiver on the right side of the field was about to clear that zone, and Baker would have thrown a dart right down the middle, and he had to check down to Kareem Hunt, which was also – it's like with the pressure on his face, that's an improvement. you know. Usually he would have just chucked it up and thrown a pick. but So that's what I mean. It's like there's been strides, but it's those little one-on-one battles that now that they're battle tested against a tougher team, it's like, they're going to take those things and learn from it because if we're being completely honest, like the Browns had a pretty easy schedule this year, for the most part, they weren't tested a lot throughout the year. It's like the Titans, they slapped around the Titans. They slapped around the Colts. Those were never like the top guys. They need a schedule where they have the chiefs and they have, you know, the chargers in the coming year where they're playing like top flight offenses.
1: Look, man, Baker, three years into his career to have a playoff win under his belt, to bring glory to Cleveland, to, to beat down Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. This, this season was a huge deal. I know, you know, moral victories are kind of, it's a Jay-Z line. Moral victories are for minor league coaches. Right. But like, I really do think this was a really good season for the Browns. I, I didn't, I didn't expect them to even get out of the first round. Very few people expected them to even hang with the Chiefs right. as well as they did. Right. Even when Mahomes was in, they were they were in there. They were they were battling. Yeah, for sure. And this is what happens, right? Like, how often do teams make the Super Bowl in the for their first year back in the playoffs? You know, it's right. like you need that playoff experience. You need to taste that playoff defeat. And this this Cleveland Browns team is like has the identity of the. The city of Cleveland is like chip on my shoulder, you know, gritty underdog city. And like, I think losing this playoff game the way that they did is just going to add to that identity of that team. And it's like, like, we are some grumpy dudes Mm -hmm. and we're going to, we're going to take it to you next year.
0: Absolutely. I got, I got two things
1: here. It's like one. They
0: have the bones to create an amazing defense with the top flight pass rusher and Denzel Ward, even though Tyreek Hill made that catch on that one-on-one ball that was on Denzel Ward. It's just like, he's always in position to make a play and you have to make a spectacular catch to catch a ball on Denzel Ward. So it's like, you have a true lockdown guy and you have one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. You have the bones to start something good. And if Del Pitt pans out, it's like, I really see, and not in terms of the quality of the defense, but just the whole identity of the team and how they got to the divisional and lost. I see like a lot of this early Seahawks with the Browns right now, great running team, solid quarterback. Who's like Semi, I mean Russ's is,
1: defense isn't quite there yet. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. But like as a team in total, it's like good, creative, thoughtful team, but also like very good at the fundamentals, run the ball really well. And I think if they can improve their defense, and like they don't quit on guys like Tacky Tacky and Mac Wilson, who are like still super young and developing they could with the addition of a few other like really like blue chip fast speedy players
1: i think i think that's what around. they they need right they need find another I mean maybe greedy Williams will pan out because we still have yet to even really see him yeah. at all in Cleveland he's just been banged up
0: right
1: but I think that young safety combo of Ronnie Harrison and Grant Delpit is something to really be excited about mm-hmm. but I think you need that like captain in the middle of the defense mm-hmm. you need a linebacker to kind of you hold need, it down yeah. and run the show because, as great as Miles Garrett is, a defensive end can't run the show. He doesn't know the coverages, he can't get people aligned. Everyone's behind him.
0: Definitely. Well, I mean, it's like look at Devin White. Devin White's missed zero snaps all year. You need that yeah. guy. Miles Garrett, pass rushers are like, you know, off every six plays a lot of the time and that's like from the best of them and especially when you're dealing with health issues like he has been so they need that luke keekly and that's like one in a million you're gonna get yeah like
1: like miles garrett is your sports car, but you need your everyday car. you need the guy that's gonna get you from point a to point b right right
0: someone to control traffic for everyone in that front seven and to communicate it to the guys who are kind of lost because it's like Mac Wilson clearly is not that guy. He's a freak athletically. Tacky tacky can make some good plays, and he's uh he's like the Matthew Della Vidova of the crew, or he's a grinder. But
1: and I think you saw with Mac Wilson too, there's a reason why he had trouble getting on the field at Alabama. Like right. he was a special teams demon at Bama, but he for as athletic and as talented as he is, he didn't get a lot of snaps on defense. Right. And I think there's a reason for that, but I do think a guy like Dylan Moses, also from Bama,
0: mm-hmm. would
1: be would be awesome in Cleveland. Yeah. Or even like someone like CJ Mosley. I don't know if he wants to stay in New York. He opted out of this year, and obviously there's a new coaching staff, new regime, but it, it could be interesting to see if he wants out, bring a guy like CJ Mosley in. Yeah. And, and I think that would be a perfect fit for Cleveland's defense. Definitely.
0: And and it's like, you know, it's like they still got Larry Joby at tackle and like Sheldon Richardson. If he, like he had like a resurgence to his career, it's like we talk about defensive tackles don't show up on the stat sheet, but it's like he was making great plays all year and it seems like he made a big leap in terms of his locker room presence. And Porter Gustin is like
1: – I, I like kid. him. I mean, I'm, I'm a US, I'm a USC fan, so I'm a little biased, but I love Porter Gustin. Yeah. Let's let's look at some comments here. So, Nigel said, "You can't deny that Cleveland proved they can be contenders next year." Agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam says, "Chad Henney, Michigan legend." QBU <laughs> people are saying, <laughs> people are saying, "Oh my God, Denard uh, he,
0: Robinson."
1: He also says that the Browns played well and have a bright future if they can again, like we've talked about, kind of bolster that defense and. And continue to add talent right um difficulty is going to come when they have to pay baker out his rookie deal right which i really i think i mean i don't know baker but from what i can gather i think he really would take a team friendly deal to be a part of to be a part of the program in cleveland i don't think he's gonna he's gonna hold them down and strong arm them and and turn that team into the Baker Mayfield show. I think he knows how valuable the guys around him are. Well, I mean, uh, and he has so much money from commercials. You don't right. need the contract money
0: more than anything. That's a good point too. And people are like, Oh, the rich guy. It's like, that's actually true. Dude. You think about a guy like Gronk never spent any of his salary or his contract. It's all just been endorsements and commercials, but it's, if I'm Baker, I'm looking at my statistics under pressure and I'm going, Hey, you get a million, you get a million to J.C. Tretter and Wyatt Teller and yeah. Antonio and then Wills whenever his contract comes up, if he's good. And like Conklin's under contract for three more years on top of this. But it's like you have two pro bowlers. You would have had three with Teller if he played the whole season. You need to keep that unit good. And you're going to have to pay Nick Chubb because he's. Like, yeah,
1: yeah. I think wow. when I think I'm assuming they kind of move from Odell. And I think that opens up a lot of uh, cap freedom for them. Yeah, uh, just just a couple things. Cody says, uh, Mac Wilson could still develop, but we need to bring in a solid linebacker and have them compete. Definitely. Good point, Cody. And then Cam says it's still a massive step up from the rookie deal. And for sure. But like you see, you see guys like again, that Odell contract and that Olivier Vernon contract. Like with Porter Gustin emerging the way that he did this year, mm-hmm. I think you can comfortably get out from under that Vernon contract.
0: Right. right. Which is tough because he had a really great back half of the season. Like he really started to come on. But then that injury is like that's debilitating. He, he you know? did.
1: But also you have to consider like you have to be careful in looking at his stats from this last half of the season because right. he had like that four sack game.
0: Right, yeah. So I get that because it's like Odell is a sixteen or sorry, fifteen million dollar hit. You have Jarvis for sixteen mil, and it's like Rashard Higgins has routinely, routine. Did he say how are you? Yeah. Oh my god. (laughs) Um, Rashard Higgins has routinely been the number one guy on the stat sheet. You know what I mean? So it's like that. And dude, David and Joku, even though he hasn't been a huge playmaker, it's like a screen pass to him to start off the game sets the tone and he's become the best blocker out of the crew. And yeah. Austin Hooper, this is the last thing I'll say on this, Austin Hooper hated him all year because he had a lot of drops and like missed things here and there, but that catch on fourth and two, dude, is like that was yeah. he redeemed it all. It's like that's why you get paid the way you do, you know? Right. So, so I mean, this has been a lot about the Browns. Maybe was- Anyway, a lot
1: of, but like it it is important. This was a big year for the Browns. It yeah, brought definitely. them back to glory. Like they're, they're a relevant exciting team to watch.
0: Right. Absolutely. So
1: that's a good point. Um, But like, I mean, we knocked Kansas city, Chad Henney. I mean, he, he showed up, he showed out. And I mean, he started the game against the chargers in week 17. Mm-hmm. And even I was kind of impressed that game with how well he played. Right. And it's like, like, I guess he's just a top tier backup and maybe a team that takes a young QB might look at him as a bridge guy. Dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, next year, like if, if Kansas city doesn't, contract, I don't know what his contract is like, but
0: yeah. Henny, Henny was the starter in Jacksonville for a bit, right? Miami, Miami. I thought he was in Jacksonville for a little bit, too.
1: He could have been. Maybe he, he was. I mean, he's been kicking since 07, so. Right.
0: So, yeah, he's been around. He's been around.
1: But, but the, the Chiefs were the Chiefs. The defense played amazing. Tyron Matthew was everywhere. He was, like, dude. the MVP of that game, man. Like, every yeah. single play he was involved in.
0: Definitely. Dude, I mean, it's like I literally I, – I wrote to – like, I was – It's just so frustrating. I I remember clear as day. It was like the third round when he was taken or whatever. But I remember watching the screen. I'm like, Tyron Matthew is on the board right now. Brian
1: McFadden or whatever. No,
0: no, no. Leon McFadden. The Browns take Leon McFadden. And then the next pick, Arizona takes him. It's like,
1: dude, it's like. But like, what are you doing? Why do teams let him walk? Like Arizona let him walk. Houston let him walk. It's like he's a he's one of the biggest game changers in the NFL.
0: I, I think it comes down to like the the paralysis by analysis thing. I was like, oh, we got a guy who could be more versatile in a special team spot if we have to throw him in there because he's bigger and whatever and this and that. It's like, uh, you know, they who's going to can- make
1: plays. Who's going to make plays?
0: Exactly. They continuously discount people because they look at size and speed and strength. It's like the guy had seven reps at 225 at the combine. And it's like people still can't get that out of their heads. It's like this guy's all time instincts, you know, is like continuously is the one. He's continuously one of the key factors in turning the game for the better for whatever. Sure.
1: And like, It's like, you can look at all those, all those like combine numbers and like, you know, demographics, like how tall is he? How much does he weigh? How fast is he? Are you a good football player or not? Right. And I don't care how Tyron Matthew measures. There are very few DBs that are better football players than him in the NFL. Yeah,
0: No, no shot. No shot. And like,
1: it just like you watch the Chiefs. He's everywhere. Every single snap he's, he's in on the play somehow.
0: Right, and he's the most physical guy in every secondary he plays in too.
1: Yeah. You know? It's like it's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, I mean, we can kind of pivot to the Bills. Uh, I am I'm, I'm excited to preview the Bills Chiefs game on our next episode, but we can talk about the Bills Ravens game. Absolutely. It's going uh, we 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 talked about this earlier today off camera that we should have just trusted our gut and kind of gone with what we had been saying all year. I think Lamar Jackson did have a really strong end to the season, but I mean, the bills, the bills are legit. Like they, that defense is a lot better than people give it credit for. I and think particularly
0: their secondary, particularly their secondary, you know? Yeah.
1: But I mean, even, even like people were saying like Tremaine Edmonds wasn't good during this year. It's like I think you're talking about his brother in Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or his other brother in Arizona or something like yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's like let's let's talk about Lamar because it's like I was like, "You know what? Maybe you can run the ball and you can just win games like that." But what we were saying all season, it's like, "No, we're just talking about in the playoffs. In the playoffs, you can't do that when you start getting shut down and you have to play from behind and overcome a deficit. Then yeah. that's when you need to be able to throw. It's like when you're going against a top flight offense and a stout enough defense to hold you in and
1: like, you know what I mean? Light in in up. Lamar's defense, though. In Lamar's defense, the game was very tight. They were gonna they were marching down, it was 10 3. They're about to tie the game up, and then he threw the pick six. Right. And you throw the pick six, that kind of takes the wind out of your sails. And then the next possession, he comes in and he gets hurt. Right. So in Lamar's defense, it's like he didn't get an opportunity to kind of throw the ball and play from behind, so we didn't really see him get put to the test. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, like, that pick six, he just got completely baited by Teron Johnson. Like, if Andrew was in this right now, baited. Every time we play Madden, he says that when he picks me off with a a linebacker, Mm. and it's just – I don't know, man. I, I think I'm, I was already high on the bills and I think I like convinced myself otherwise to pick against them because yeah. I'm just like, I'm like the bottom has to fall out at some point. Right. Right. But Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, their chemistry is so good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I, I love that team. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean,
0: major shout out to my to my brother, who's been a Bills fan since the 80s. And, you know, he was like he saw the clip where I said, my brother's going to kill me because I'm taking Baltimore. He's like, I am going to kill you. And then after the game, he was like, don't you ever talk about Buffalo like that again. So I'm very happy for him and our buddy Sam, who are longtime Bills fans. And it's like that's the thing, man. It's like with the Cleveland thing, too. I mean, all of Canada's going for the Bills here. And within pretty much
1: anyone outside of Kansas city, I feel it's going for the bills
0: for sure. And it's like, even in Cleveland too, it's like Lake Erie connection, baby. Like we got you hard. And yeah.
1: you know, it's like, I'm well, setting up a, I'm setting up a folding table right here. I'm going to, I'm going to fly through it on Sunday or and <laughs> you're, I'm, you're gonna, I'm Bill's mafia all the way. baby. You're, you're going to power bomb your cat through the, <laughs> through the <laughs> yeah, table exactly. item on. Fire. Exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right.
0: Um, But yeah, man. So Diggs and Alan are, you know, I, this is a lot of people are saying it, so it's not an original thought. It's like they're, they're becoming that great duo. That's what my brother was saying to me too. He's like, he's like, they're that next hot thing of like, you know, Moss and Brady and like countless others, Aikman and Irvin, you know, that whole thing where it's like there's, there's that thing where it's like Drew Brees, Michael Thomas. It's like they have a good connection and they do pretty well together, but they're not like boys, you know what I mean? Like they aren't like tied at the head yeah. where like yeah. you see Diggs and Allen, you're like, these guys love each other. And they had that
1: innate thing where it's like. And you know what, man? I think Diggs, even before they took a single snap in practice together, when Diggs got traded to the Bills, like everyone was like, oh, watch Diggs' career go in the can because Josh Allen is inaccurate and he's a deep thrower and he's not going to be able to throw the underneath reps that Diggs likes to run. And Stefan Diggs, when he got traded, he's just like, let's do it. I'm mm. pumped to play with this guy.
0: And quietly became maybe the top three contested catch guys in the league. Yeah, it's like-
1: but he also turned Josh Allen into way more than a big arm. Right. I mean, between Brian Dable, Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen's obvious work in the offseason, he went from a huge arm, like a, just a ball of raw potential to a seriously good quarterback in all phases. Right. Absolutely. He's not just a he's not just a gunslinger. He's not just a big arm.
0: Absolutely. And it's like. Dude, it's like clearly they have confidence in the guy. They ran the ball once in the first quarter or the first half, whatever it was. First it's crazy. Half, yeah. I, I, I will say they need to learn how to run the ball, man, because it's like you're going to get to that point because it always comes. And the same thing with Lamar in Baltimore. It's with every great team. It's like you look at Peyton Manning the year he threw 50 touchdowns or, or 55 or whatever. And
1: like, it's just like there's – all of these exact- can't be one dimensional in the playoffs, point right. blank. Like, even with the Chiefs against the Browns, I, I'm, I hate that we're going back to this, but like, Darrell Williams ran the ball insanely well. Definitely. And it's like, that is not what the focus of the Browns was in, in practice all week. Right. And so, if you can come out with an unpredicted element in a playoff game, it gives you such a huge tactical advantage. Absolutely. And like and so the Browns, when Zach Moss went down, it's like Devin Singletary is not a pound between the tackles type of running back. Right. He's a scat back receiving type of back. And so now they don't have someone that they can, that they feel confident to like, just hand it straight off.
0: Which is surprising because Buffalo has been like the running back drafting gods, them in Pittsburgh forever. And they both have kind of hit this dry spell in the last little while. It's like Buffalo always had great running backs. It's like,
1: yeah,
0: you know, it's like two years ago or three years ago. It was like when they had LaShawn McCoy, Dixon, and the other dude, I forget, but they had like three great backs rotating through. And it's just there's just these key scenarios where it's like you kind of got to run out the clock a little bit here to secure it. It's not like you're playing conservative, but it's like you're being tactically intelligent and they're ripping the ball 50 yards down the field trying to like go. For exactly. And it's it's shot. just going to make
1: it's just going to make Josh Allen that much more effective. Right. If you have something that he can kind of lean on a little bit. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. N- nonetheless, the the bills are the real deal. Everyone's pulling for them. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, you're not our friend. Thank you for watching, but you're not our friend. If you're cheering for the chiefs
0: and you can honestly hit the bricks and just don't look back. So the game we all knew was going to go down the way it did LA green day and Rogers, what can you say about that guy? Too good.
1: It's just too good, man.
0: It's ridiculous. Like that throw to Alan Lazard or Alex L- L- Lizard, whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, Alan
0: Lazard. The flick of the wrist is just like so beautiful watching that guy throw the ball, man. And it's just – you could just tell it's just easy for him. It, I taught it, him that, but yeah. I guess so, except you got taught how to throw the ball by a guy with no hands. One but, time. One time and you, run, <laughs> um, but it's, you see that and it's like, what does that mean for everyone else? When you do that to the number one defense?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But again, it's like, you can only do so much scheming and so much practicing when a guy is in his 17th year and still playing that way. It's like, what do you do? Aaron Rodgers has seen it all, right? You can't show him anything new. You can't confuse him. mm mm-hmm. And, like, I love that, like, little close-up they had of him, like, seeing how the defense was lined up and he smirked and then he threw the touchdown. It's like, mm. what a jerk, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, it's it's unfair. And, I mean, it's going to be interesting because Tampa Bay really did, like, that was probably Aaron Rodgers' one bad game this year was against Tampa, mm-hmm. where he threw the two picks right. on back-to-back throws, right? Like, it's going to be interesting. I think Tampa Bay's defense since then has cooled off a lot. Mm-hmm. But Aaron Rodgers has, and Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have like completely heated up. Right. So it's going to be very interesting to see that. But yeah,
0: I don't know, man. I, I Altogether, I mean, a quick while we stay in the ballpark of Rams and Packers, do you think that they move off of Goff? Regardless of what so. McVeigh has said, because he's like, he's our guy. But do you think I,
1: t- I don't think so, man? Like, I understand that he maybe is not as good as you want him to be at this point in his career. But he actually played decent against the Packers. Mm-hmm. All things considered, for a guy from L.A. to have two, two screws in his thumb from two weeks ago, I think he played pretty well. And, again, it just comes down to are you going to be able to find someone on the street better than Jared Goff?
0: Right. Well, I don't think they need to look on the street. But you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like they're I get going what to be, you're saying.
0: Maybe Taylor Heineke.
1: Again, that's kind of like a big risk to <laughs> just move kidding. off from a guy that got you to the Super Bowl. I know it's McVay's offense that really right. drives that team. But he still was the quarterback of a team that made it to the Super Bowl.
0: For sure. Regardless, maybe you don't do that. But do you think you go into camp with Walford back and healthy and you go, it's a competition. We'll see what happens. Or is he a lot? I could,
1: I could see it being an open competition, but I don't think they're going to be like – I don't think they're going to – I think it's his job to lose, realistically. Definitely. He has to play really poorly to lose that job. Mm-hmm so what comments which, here
0: however he does lead the league in turnovers over the past two seasons and like lost fumbles picks
1: right and that's something you need to clean up if you want if you want to get back to that Super Bowl yeah but again uh, from all the reports I've seen is like I don't think McVeigh has given up on golf. I saw a report saying that like they need quote unquote marriage counseling because
0: mm-hmm.
1: there's just some sort of tension between them. Is there? Apparently, but I think I don't know. I just I can't see them moving off unless they have a chance at a an obvious upgrade. Right.
0: Right. Comments you say?
1: Yeah, so Cam and Sam were just talking about the Green Bay and uh Rams game and how Green Bay was able to get 200 yards on the ground, which is another thing about that Packers offense, which is like A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. Dillon. <laughs> he, he looks like the Terminator. He's a monster. Yeah, except that's from Predator. Oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> he looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Predator. Then. <laughs> I'm as big as a gof, of a golf discer as anyone, but he played really well. Aaron Rodgers is just in another world. McVeigh hasn't said anything i do think it'll be a competition but it's got to lose so Definitely. copying what I said but oh yeah, whatever um i said i said it Sam. so
0: but I, I i get that yeah i'm talking more from what's like oh you took a fifth rounder it's because you've been injured and we just got to make sure but it's kind of like
1: the, the that Jalen hurts situation right but that was second
0: round that was egregious yeah we knew it was coming I'm talking like Fourth round, you know what I mean? You take a guy, he develops well, you learn McVay's system, and you just take care of the ball better.
1: Who knows? I don't think there's anything wrong with putting a little bit of heat on Aaron Goff. Definitely, man.
0: Definitely. Okay, and now in terms of Aaron Rodgers, it's like, how long is Jordan Love going to be sitting here?
1: If I'm the Packers, I'm signing Aaron Rodgers to, like, at least a three-year extension after this year. At least. Right. So- sorry, Jordan Love, but you're you're not even good enough to be the backup. You've been a healthy scratch all year. Hmm. Aaron Rodgers just had probably the best year of his career. Right. So but that it's like that's just a big middle finger to the entire Packers organization. It's like you you thought it was time to take my replacement.
0: Right. Look what but, I'm gonna do. But still it's like what how do you reconcile taking that guy in the first round? And now he's, like, going to be in no man's land for who knows how long. Because Aaron Rodgers, like, last year, there was no, like, physical marker of him falling off. It was just, like, they turned into more of a run-first team. And they still you have know what 13 it
1: is? wins. You know what it is? It's, it's exactly like the Tom Brady-Jimmy G situation. They're going to have to move him at some point. Right. But I don't think he's going to be worth as much. Much as Jimmy G, unless he gets a chance to to play and get some film out there, right? But I think I think Aaron Rodgers is just—he's too good, and they don't need to replace him anytime soon, right? Absolutely. And they're gonna regret it hard if they if they move on from him too soon.
0: And uh, speaking of regretting it hard, there are some tears in Foxborough this weekend, man. It's like Tom Brady coming out. One game away from going to what is it, his ninth or tenth Super Bowl? And it's like he hasn't lost anything. He's thrown for the third most touchdowns in the league and like the third most yards or something crazy like yeah. that. It's like, it's- again,
1: again, they moved on from him too early, right? They're like, now it's time to let him go. It's like, mm-hmm. Belichick, I I still think he's the best coach of all time. Not a hot take. Definitely. But, but they, he was too eager to to move on from Brady. I think. And too
0: unwilling to make a decent first round pick. It's like yeah, it's like get some speed and some talent. Stop looking at former lacrosse players and trying to make them into the next Wes, Wes Welker. It's like you hit yeah. gold twice
1: with that. You got Welker and you got Edelman. Yeah, and he didn't even draft. And actually, he didn't even draft Welker. The Chargers did in the seventh round, right? And there's a practice roster signing, wasn't it? Uh, No, because the Dolphins signed him off the practice roster, and then he he had like a thirty catch year with the Dolphins, and then he went to (laughs) New England.
0: True. Well, regardless, it's like. I mean, understatement of the year, it's like Brady still got it. And it's like, how many more years is he going to play?
1: But the thing is, is, like, Brady still got it. And his job is a lot easier and probably a lot more fun in Tampa because he has a lot of, a lot of toys to play with, you know? Like, he's got right. his boy Gronk. He's got a two-headed monster at running back with Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette starting to come on now. Mm-hmm. And then you got Godwin and Mike Evans. Right. It's like – as a 42-year-old quarterback, what more could you want? Right. Absolutely. And, like, a good young stud left tackle. Yeah. So. I think Brady's got three years in him, too.
0: I, minimum. Because usually there's, like, that peak swan song thing that you saw with, like, Manning and Breeze. And then, like, the second year dip, you're like, oh, he's going to retire next year. And then the last yeah. really ineffective season. But it's like. Yeah. Maybe this is that peak year for the both of them, or it's like MVP caliber,
1: Raj. But the thing is, is people have been saying that about Brady for probably six years now. Mm-hmm. For the last six years, every year Brady's in the playoffs. All I've heard is like, "Is this it for Brady? Is this his swan song? Is he, he's gonna fall off the cliff after this year?" I'm just done. I'm just gonna expect greatness from Tom Brady until I see otherwise.
0: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And enough with the speculation on that. I guess because it's just like off-season talk show filler. But yeah, I guess that's what this is right now. <laughs> regardless regardless I mean it was a great it's sad to see it we got we should give Breeze his due. it's like great career
1: look like, I think he's a like he's a top five quarterback of all time for sure he's gonna like he has like all sorts of records that was not the way I wanted to see like one of the all-time greats go out mm-hmm. you could tell his body is just like yeah he just can't get the the velocity on the ball anymore mm-hmm which is unfortunate, and it's going to be interesting to see how the Saints move forward at that quarterback position if they're going to invest in Taysom Hill as the guy. But yeah, I mean, man, Kings, I, think, I think former J- Charger. I think Jameis is him to the death. guy. I think Jameis is the guy. But you know what? They won with Taysom Hill. So I don't know. Maybe Sean Payton, like, it all comes down to who Sean Payton likes more, I think.
0: Right. I mean, as a pure passer, it's, like, obviously Jameis, you know? and Yeah. But I just will say about Breeze, it's, like, the last third of his career where he was still in his prime, like, in the beginning of that last third, it was just, like, the Saints were just consistently mediocre. And they didn't put enough talent around him. And they were, like – it was, like, ever since the uh, the Bounty Gate thing, I was just, like, they
1: fell off – and we're never and then they start they started, started to they started to pick up like they reopened that Super Bowl window mm-hmm. when Drew Brees was on the decline.
0: Right. And then it's like you have the Minnesota thing and then the PI call where it's like that's it, man. You know, like those were the final two times. So it's like all the I mean, respect in the a, world to at, him. But
1: at least he's not like in a you know Merino situation where he never won. He's got mm-hmm. one Super Bowl under his belt. Right. He can hang his hat on that. He's got all the individual records you could want. You mm-hmm. know there's nothing you can take away from Drew Brees' career. It just it wasn't in the cards. Right. And and that's unfortunate, but you know, hats off to a great career, Drew Brees. We salute you, sir. Let's look at some comments here. So is there a more overrated scouting department than the, than the Pats? They drafted Brady miraculously in the sixth round, and then just used that for two decades as proof that they're great scouts. All their big players through the years of their dynasty were free agency pickups that their coaching staff picked up. Uh, Breeze should have said Breeze should have retired last year. Shoulder just isn't there anymore. Probably last year should have been his his last year because this year he just didn't look like himself.
0: Yeah. Which was so weird. It's like you just can't fathom it as like being a young dude. You're like, how can you not? Throw? I can. I can. But you've I had can. surgeries. You've had surgeries. Yes.
1: Like yeah. So I can't throw.
0: But you. You also could never throw to start with. You know what I mean? Mm. I mean, a guy mm. like me, where I just got this rocket sitting in no. here, man. You know what I mean? No. No. It's like, no. They called me Uncle Rico for a reason, but.
1: Because you're you're delusional about how good of a quarterback you could have been. We could have won state.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, probably. Probably. But, um, you know, just in general, it's like that thing of like, man, how did you just like lose it? That's something that you've always had, you know?
1: Yeah. And I'm sure that's like a difficult thing to deal with for sure. Like, especially when it's like such as like a big drop off as Drew Brees. Because I'd say like two years ago, he still – He still had like most of his arm. Yeah, but in the last two years, it has just been like a steady decline. It's like Drew Brees
0: has the most five thousand yard passing seasons. It's like he was known for airing it out, and he wasn't check down man like he was the past season and a half. You know,
1: it's like maybe actually, you know what? His game really has changed in the last like five years, where he's become like a a check down underneath Mm -hmm. screen screen type of quarterback. Right. But I'm um, you think back to like the Marcus Colson
0: days and all that, or it's like Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Oh man. Like he, he, he ripped it. He ripped it all the time. Yeah. So it's, it's sad to see how that goes, but man, I feel like Brady is going to be the one. Cause like Peyton Manning was like, yeah, you know, he's kind of got a diaper butt on him. And it's like Drew Brees. It's like, you know, you're whatever. Like Tom Brady is like the American icon for what, like, football is you know what I mean when he goes it's just going to be such a weird thing like I feel like with COVID and all that it kind of diminished his exit and his farewell but when Brady goes regardless of when it is it's going to be so shocking to be like he's been in the playoffs in three decades
1: how crazy is that I mean Tom Brady has been a top three quarterback no debate for as long as I've watched football and I cannot imagine the NFL without him.
0: Yeah. It's, it's going to be very
1: man. very strange.
0: Yeah. Do you th- do you think he'll be like a GM or something?
1: I don't think so man. I think he's going to be living in some beautiful beach with his model wife and he's just he's not going to look back. I think once he's done with the game he's he's done.
0: Think so? I just think with how competitive he is, he'd be like the Michael Jordan type where he... I could
1: him, you see him know. being like an entrepreneur or like owning a part of a team. Yeah. But I can't see him being involved in coaching, mm-hmm. to be honest, Like compared to like a guy like Peyton or Drew Brees. Yeah. Like I could see Drew Brees make a beautiful transition into coaching.
0: Hmm. Maybe.
1: Maybe. Maybe
0: indeed. So
1: uh, Cam says Brady could revive Michigan. As, as their quarterback?
0: Does he I have eligibility to play? Or?
1: I don't think anyone could revive <laughs> that team. Yeah, and uh, Sam says oh, – there. Cam and Sam are talking about how Breeze was more of like a deep, arching, uh, like a, a touch pass kind of guy as opposed to like a rocket arm, which is true. But you still need to be able to throw the ball far. Right. Like it's like Russell Wilson, right? Like he, he's got a crazy arm, and even though he's not throwing – dots, he's more of the touch pass kind of guy. It still requires a lot of arm strength. Right.
0: But I mean, regardless, like if you can get the ball there, that's the whatever, um, yeah. but did we cover all the games? Yeah, I guess we did. I guess we did cover all the games. Um, I feel like we've been all over the place today, but it has been eventful. Nonetheless. My good friend, we got anything else in the chat that we want to cover here?
1: Um, Cam just said Breeze is heading for the booth. Apparently, love that. I think that'll be great. Oh place. yeah. You know, there's a lot of bad announcers out there. I mean, I'm glad Booger McFarland isn't in the booth anymore. But you know, maybe it's time for Chris Collinsworth to call it a call it a career. Can Can you? Be- oh man, can you believe that? <laughs> it's like a pay- Uh,
0: Cam doesn't like Al Michaels. I love Al Michaels. I think he's great. Al
1: Michaels is a sports legend. He's just like, and the Browns are going to lose it in spectacular
0: fashion. And then Collinsworth's like, oh, man, did you see that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And Sam says booger up in the sky. That's one of the funniest things I've ever seen is is booger on the skyjack on the side of the field, like. 100 feet tall dude.
0: yeah yes espn all to say i ran the ball right it's like really booger thank you but it's dude espn is the worst like they are so bad in the way their thing is broadcasted the music they play like the every time they go in and out of commercial it's like am i like a side road carnival why are you playing this music <laughs> then and then they have three announcers why and none of them can speak coherently without fuddling their words it's so frustrating <laughs> it's like romo and nance are number one like
1: yeah no joke. Yeah, sure. i love aikman i don't like joe buck at all but i like aikman
0: the other crew, Daryl Johnson and the other guy, they're yeah. better.
1: They're better than
0: Buck and Aikman.
1: Yeah. Like I'll, honestly, ESPN higher. I'll do I'll do it for like sixty thousand dollars a year. You don't even have to pay me that much. That's I'll, like
0: that's fifty-five thousand dollars more than I've ever made in a year before. So I'll take that for sure. I'm yikes. Sure. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm rich. Got a sign. Um but Ow. um yeah, I think like Buck just does the whole thing where as you can tell he's trying to set up his marquee moment where it's like the final pitch of the World Sears. It's like, They've trained for 209 days and it's a Bonnie's like, and, and
1: yeah, it's very manufactured. And, Anyways, we digress. We, we digress.
0: digress. We, yeah. We'll
1: do a full off-season analysis of all the worst announcers in sports. Yeah. That'll be a fun episode.
0: And also we uh, came up with the idea this, this past weekend in my state of depression that we're going <laughs> to do a live stream during the NFL draft this year. And we're going to do our whole thing with our own insiders. We're going to get the calls and then we're going to interview the draft people. So.
1: No, but we should get, we should get, you know, Sam and cam and people on. Yeah. yeah, We'll do like call in for the draft. It'll be good.
0: we will get you to analyze your team's pick and it'll be a good time. So yeah, we're definitely going to do the live thing for that. And uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty fun. So a lot of things to look forward to. And anything else, my friend?
1: No, we'll see you guys Friday at 6 p.m. Be there, be square. Be there or be square. Stop Tell your
0: friends. Pass.
1: Hide your kids, oh, hide your wife. Zach. It's a fun ball. Yeah.
0: Touchdown. That's how winning is done. That's why we lift all them weights. It's a game of inches, gentlemen. Respect is earned. Roofside. The Little Giant! Your team sucks, see?